The city of Porto that Mayor Rui Moreira inherited when he took office in October 2013 was a wilting city, but one of unsung potential. Once a grand trading port, it never quite recovered from the dictatorship years which saw industry move out, mass unemployment and finance shifting to the capital, Lisbon. But as one of Portugal's most successful businessmen rather than a career politician, Rui Moreira took on the mantle of CEO of the city, harnessing natural assets and championing the embers of potential. He became a man on a mission to give back the city to the people of Porto. Now, I think because of the crisis, but also because of all the changes in society, people are going back to the public space. And I think we are on the on a sort of post-Facebook society where people want to be able to go out, to listen to each other, to, you know, to enjoy. And I think cities have to be able to turn themselves upside down in, in the real sense of the word and, uh, and to give that to citizens. Porto suffered an exodus from the heart of the city to the suburbs, and by the start of the 21st century, the centre was all but deserted. In 2001, however, Porto became European capital of culture, and with the honour came investment and a wave of mass tourism. And so began the tightrope walk of regeneration versus gentrification. It was a sort of ghost town a monumental ghost town of uh, buildings of the 1800s, of the 1700s, of the 1900s, of the early 20th century. What we thought was, how can we keep the remaining population in place? So what we are doing is, because we have our own uh, houses owned by the, by the town, we really have to invest in these houses to keep the people who always live there, the survivors if you want, because the city is not made only by buildings. So that's one of the things where we have been investing considerably. To look at the individual houses, uh, to ask uh, our architects not to demolish them, but to try and make them possible, you know, and viable and comfortable, and then to offer them to the local people at very low rents. We are talking really about very cheap rents. And uh, I think uh, this is something we, we are doing quite well at the moment, because we see that people are wanting to come back to the center. As the man at the helm of the city's re-emergence, Mayor Moreira decided that the city was in need of more than just a facelift. It needed, he felt, some fundamental confidence boosting. And in June 2014, one of Portugal's leading graphic designers and Porto resident, Eduardo Eres, won the commission to create a new visual identity for the city. Portugal has a very profound and strong relation with, the, with ceramic tiles. It's a very uh, Arab uh, thing. And uh, if you go around in the city, you, you can notice that most of the buildings are uh, covered with, with ceramic tiles. You can see churches and also the central railway station covered with blue ceramic tiles. So this is, uh, from our research, this was a, a very strong point. They tell stories. So we import that, that uh, characteristic into our story, into uh, our graphic design solution. Icons representing landmarks and ways of life became a puzzle-like visual code. And for a city with a rich graphic culture of typography, Porto's new logo resonated with the design-savvy citizens, especially that all-important and emphatic punct at the end. Porto is a very complex city. 
But the, 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 the most important values of the city, it's authenticity, uh, uh, warmness, um, and we are also very raw. And I think in a certain sense, well, by the fact that we are the second city of Portugal, we are always looking up and we are always trying to be better. And uh, it's like a commitment, that point. It's this sense of self-awareness that you want to build, especially on younger people and also the people who were put aside by the latest developments. We live in a city where some years ago there were a lot of fractures, ideological fractures. A lot of older people who believed they had a contract with the state and they had reached the point where they were receiving their insurance policy and actually suddenly all that was gone and their children were coming home and saying we don't have a job. We have to give them something. If we can't give them more than that, at least this uh, sort of uh, strong sense of identity which can be fostered through the appropriate use of culture. Because again, culture is the cement of a society. And if we associate that with a brand, maybe we can go a bit forward. Having sown the seeds, the shoots are sprouting. And the historic centre of Porto now boasts a healthy mix of local residents alongside entrepreneurial new businesses, a glue that is contributing to the overall health of the city and its future. We have people who have been jobless for seven, eight, nine, ten years, you see. And, and these small entrepreneurs, they really employ people. So it is very important. And again, it brings the city some new enthusiasm, you know, this sort of belief that there's something brewing, that's something cooking. And even if they don't have the food on their plate yet, they, they can smell the cooking next door and maybe it helps a little bit. I'm doing some knitting, you know, on the city. I'm always like a, a Swedish grandfather knitting socks. That's the city I'm trying to build. Uh, it's an option, um, and maybe it's necessary. Maybe there will be a time in the future when we, we will need heavy infrastructures again, and the TGV and the trains and all that. But at the moment, that's, we are concentrating on the more Schumpeterian approach to the city, on small is beautiful and the small things we can do. In Porto, from Monocle, I'm Gillian Tobias.